I might look like I'm as cool as a cucumber, but I'm nervous. I don't, I, I don't know what's going on with me. Um, so this is power packed, really power packed. Um, I actually kind of hope this, you know, especially while you have a month off, this gives you some opportunity to look up some of these things because it's power packed. Um, this is Mary's song, often called the Magnificat. And before I start, let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I praise you for this night. I thank you for each and every woman that's here tonight. Lord, I ask that I would only say what you want me to say, Lord. We praise you, God. We thank you. We honor you. We love you. Let our words be honoring to you in our minds and our hearts. In your name, Jesus, amen. Um, so this is Mary's song, often called the Magnificat, and I am going to give a heavy, heavy focus on Mary, and then we will tie in the Magnificat. So I've got part one. Mary says yes to God. In Luke 137, Gabriel said, the angel Gabriel said, for with God, nothing will be impossible. And Mary responded with, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Mary showed submission. She showed, showed humility. And yet she showed courage. So the question might be, do we have the courage to say yes to God or to say no? And if we say no, what might we miss? Staying in Luke 1, there was a priest named Zacharias, and his wife was Elizabeth. And they were righteous, walking in all the commandments of the Lord. And they were blameless, and they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both quite old. Since the lot fell to Zacharias to burn the incense in the temple, Zacharias went into the temple while the multitude was praying outside. Surprisingly, the angel Gabriel appeared to Zacharias, and he became troubled and fearful. And the angel said to him, Do not be afraid. Your prayer has been heard. You and Elizabeth will bear a son named John, and there will be joy and gladness and rejoicing at his birth. John will be great and be filled with the Holy Spirit, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will make ready for the Christ. Zacharias answered, How will I know this, since I am old and my wife is very old? Hmm, Gabriel Gabriel was not too happy with this answer. It seemed as though Zacharias was focused on the fact of having a child at this old age, and there was a prayer offered longer ago. Gabriel said to Zacharias, don't you know that I stand in the presence of God Almighty? He sent me to tell you this very good news, but since you didn't believe, you will be mute until these things come to pass. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of want to go, oh, Zacharias. In Exodus 3 and 4, Moses was tending some sheep. He was uh, tending a herd, and he came around the side, and there was an angel of the Lord in a bush that was burning. It was not being consumed. And God said, take off your sandals, Moses, because this is holy ground. And he says, I'm going to have you go to the Pharaoh and, uh, you know, we're going to get your people free, the Israelites. And um, Moses in chapter 4, he's like, um, you know, uh, now wait, how's this going to work? And God's, you're going to get the leaders. You're going to tell them that you spoke to me. We're going to go to the king of Pharaoh. And then you're going to say, let my people go. And Moses said, well, suppose they don't believe that I actually talked to you. Mm, suppose they don't believe me. Um, 
you know, God, I'm not really eloquent, and I was thinking maybe you could send someone else, and you kind of want to go, oh, Moses. In the sixth month, Gabriel, the angel, was sent by God to Nazareth to a virgin who was betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. Her name was Mary. The angel came to Mary and said, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. You are blessed among women. Now Mary was troubled by Gabriel's saying, and she considered or reasoned this in what manner of greeting Gabriel said. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus, and he will be great, the son of the highest. The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign in the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said, well, how can this be since I do not know a man? And Gabriel told her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. That Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Oh, and by the way, your relative Elizabeth, who was barren, she's six months pregnant. Luke 1.37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. So Mary, young Mary, somewhere between the ages of 13 and 16, said yes. Not only that, she decided to go see her relative Elizabeth, who was in Jerusalem. So from Nazareth to Jerusalem was 80 miles. So when I was 14 or 15, all of my friends and I, none of us had our driver's license. So we rode our bikes or walked everywhere. And I had some friends that lived behind, a couple streets behind me, uh, and these were two boys named Teddy Link and Kevin Tryon. And we went to our summer camp as usual, our Baptist summer camp, and uh, they met two girls from First Baptist Church of Pasadena. Well, they decided they were going to ride their bikes to go see these girls. And from Banning to Pasadena is 80 miles. And I mean to tell you, they didn't have a 10-speed or a road bike. They had one of those little, you know, ride and the knee kind of comes up to the ear kind of thing. And they rode that 80 miles. They did it. And... Um, one of the fathers took him out to dinner, put the bikes in the back of the car, and drove him home. And the next day, Teddy came over, as usual, and said, I'm telling you, that was the hardest thing I've ever done. Of course, that was in his 15 years of life. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it says here that as soon as she entered the house of Elizabeth and greeted her relative, Elizabeth felt the baby in her womb leap because she did indeed this, I'm sorry, because the baby did indeed leap. I want you to know, I thought this had to be a really hard kick. So I looked up every translation thinking, mm, just kick. Nope, it says leap. Everyone says leap. So I looked it up a little further, and it says leap with joy. So I'm, I'm picturing, you know, John's like on one side of a room, and he kind of went like this, and she's like, whoa, you know. Um, but needless to say, Mary walked in, and uh, Elizabeth had the Holy Spirit upon her. John, who was John the Baptist, got the Holy Spirit upon him. And then Mary, she's got the Holy Spirit upon her. And Jesus is in her womb and probably about as big as a peanut. So here's what Elizabeth said. She spoke loudly and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why is this granted that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Blessed is she who believed. Not like my husband. For there shall be a fulfillment of these things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said these words, often called the Magnificat, and I'm just going to give you a portion. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. And I just have to stop and go, when was the last time you just rejoiced in the Lord? I have to believe that Mary had a 
a strong working knowledge of the scripture, and this just moved her, and she rejoiced in God her Savior. Then it goes on, For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant, for behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Part 2. Mary gives birth to Jesus. In Luke 2, we read that Joseph went to Judea from Nazareth to be registered with Mary to his betrothed wife, and the scripture says, who was with child. So it was while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons and daughters. And because we are his children, God sent forth his spirit of his son into your hearts, saying, and crying, Abba, Father. And this was indeed God incarnate, clothed in skin. And off in the distant lands, behold, an angel of the Lord stood before the shepherds in the fields, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, for there is born to you this day in the city of David, which is Christ the Lord. And you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of angels praising God, glory to God in highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to men. And the shepherds went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known all that was told them concerning the child, and all who heard marveled. But Mary pondered and treasured this in her heart. And I can't help but think that she might have thought from the Magnificat, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his seed forever. Part three, the joy and pain of knowing Jesus. According to Levitical law, Mary and Joseph had to wait 40 days before they could present the child in the temple and have a sacrifice. Uh, we know that um, they were poor because they offered either two pigeons or two turtle doves. Now, there was a just and devout man named Simeon, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And he came, to the, came by the Spirit into the temple, and he took the child Jesus in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared before the face of all the people. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which were spoken of him. And in the Magnificat, Luke 1:54, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. But now Mary might have been taken down a peg because Simeon's holding her baby. And you have to imagine, he's holding the baby, and it seems now he's talking to her. Uh, I imagine uh, Joseph might have kind of got a little closer to her, like, here I am. And, and Simeon's talking to Mary, and he says, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Well, Mary's going to get to feel just a little bit of that blade. Luke 2.40, it says, The child grew and became strong in spirit and wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And when Jesus was 12 years old, they went to Jerusalem. According to the custom of the feast of the Passover, when they finished their days, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and his parents did not know. They supposed he was in the company, and they traveled one whole day. When they didn't see Jesus, they sought him among their relatives and their friends, and they didn't find him. Okay. When they went to these feasts, they would often travel with their neighbors and relatives, and there could have been 80 people, there could have been 100 people or 150 people, and this was a great deal of fun. So when they would make this trip to Jerusalem, uh, there would be, of course, uh, singing songs, like in Orthodox Jewish tradition, telling stories, 
and in modern day vernacular, maybe setting up the tent, getting out the sleeping bags, and whatever their version of a s'more might be. <laughs> now, bear in mind, the Bible records that Jesus had four earthly brothers and sisters. We don't know how many sisters, but we know that there were six kids born to Mary and Joseph. So she might have been nursing a child. She might have had a toddler. She might have had a really excitable eight-year-old. We don't know. So it's easy to see how she might have missed Jesus. It says that they went back to Jerusalem seeking him, and after three days, this is something that I have to say would rack me. I, I, I lost my son for seven minutes, I think, at Disney World. Uh, he was five and my daughter was seven. And it's this thing where the mom part comes in, where the one part of your brain goes, do I need to panic? Should I just really think really like structurally? Or this other side that goes, we need to tell everyone to stop, call 911 and start screaming. And this is where the brain starts connecting to the stomach, the stomach drops. It's, it's absolutely horrific. It's a terrifying feeling. I, I just don't think that Mary felt much different than what we would feel. Um, it says, after, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking questions. Well, of course, Jesus would be asking questions. And it says, those who heard were astonished at his understanding and answers. When Jesus' earthly parents found him, Mary gives the most classic mom answer, full-on mom. And I, I love how she brings Joseph into it. She says, son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have sought you anxiously. And I, you know, I, I'm picturing them going back to Jerusalem. And, you know, if, if it was anything like me and Robert, uh, Joseph might say, if I'm not mistaken, when you were 13 or 14, you did this trip by yourself, and I think you made it out okay. You know, he's going to be okay. I could picture Joseph being the husband saying, he's going to be fine. And um, so Jesus, she says, son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have sought you anxiously. And Jesus responds, why did you seek me? Did you not know I must be about my father's business? So he went home with Mary and Joseph. He was very obedient, and uh, Mary kept this in her heart. So being with Jesus is not pain-free. The question is, is do we have the fearlessness to say yes to God or to say no? And if we say no, what might we miss? Part four, Mary is a woman of few words. In John chapter 2, verse 11, it tells us that this one Jesus, who was strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and the grace of his Father, began working signs. So this was his first miracle. So Mary had a knowledge. What knowledge do we know that she had so far? We know that she, she knew she gave birth without knowing a man. We know what Gabriel told her, that he was going to be the king of Israel and his kingdom would uh, be forever. We know what the shepherds told her. We know what Elizabeth confirmed. We know what Simeon told her. She had a lot under her belt, and she's kind of, he hasn't done anything, okay? Now, also we know that Jesus is full of wisdom. So here we are. There was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and it's, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now Jesus and his disciples were there, and when the host ran out of wine, okay, running out of wine would be a big faux pas. You had the master of the feast, and then you had the bridegroom would be the host. So here we go. The mother of Jesus said to him four words. Now because she, uh, it seems like she has um, 
a, a strong communication with, with Jesus. Like, you know when you have a friend and you can just say one word and you both get the joke and you start laughing? Because she only says four words to Jesus. She says, they have no wine. And um, Jesus, he totally knows what she means. He totally gets it. He's right on it. And he's, he responds with um, woman, which is not being impolite. It's like saying lady. Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Sounds like he's kind of saying, I'm not going to do anything. However, we know that Jesus always does what the Father tells him. He says, I only do what pleases him. So, this is what cracks me up, because Mary doesn't even say anything to Jesus. These are her last words recorded in the Bible, and she looks to the servants, and she says, whatever he says, do it. <laughs> that just cracks me up that she didn't say, oh, sorry, Jesus. You know, she just goes right to the servants. So, whatever it is, she knows he's the solution guy, whatever's going to happen. Uh, so, Jesus tells the servants, you probably remember this part, um, six water pots, fill them up. Each one was 20 to 30 gallons which could be between 100 and 180 gallons total of water. So these were water pots. They filled them to the brim. When they served it out, so it turned into the most exquisite grade A, best wine they could, you could imagine. Okay, so Jesus uh, did indeed change this water to wine. Now, I really want to focus on Mary, but just real quick, what we know is that there was not real true joy in the Judy. Judaism, the, the ceremonies, the rituals, the, the Mosaic and Levitical law, they just were going through the motions. They had not experienced the truest of joy, which would be in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus had a new wine, an exquisite wine, a fine wine. His blood would be shed for all. The wine that Jesus made represented a move from old covenant tradition to a brand new covenant with a joyful reality in Christ. I'm going to bring out Mark 14, 23 through 25. This is the Passover I'm, when he's giving uh, communion with the disciples. He took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they drank from it. Then he said to them, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And I'd like to think from the Magnificat that Mary might have thought, He has filled the hungry with good things. Part five, this is awkward, Mary. Uh, Mark 3.10 says, Jesus healed many so that as many as had afflictions pressed about him. So the multitude came together again so that Jesus and his disciples could not so much as eat bread. But when his own people, now his own people would be the four brothers who did not believe, and Mary. We know this because we come to it later in another verse. Okay, when his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him, which is the same word as seize to lay hold of him, for they said, he is out of his mind. C.S. Lewis said, when the whole world is running towards a cliff, he who is running in the opposite direction appears to have lost his mind. So this is a head scratcher because you're kind of going, well, Mary, <laughs> you knew he wasn't out of his mind, right? Uh, so here's what the thought might be is that um, the brothers actually thought Jesus was out of his mind. They might have been afraid because uh, Jesus had been doing a lot of things on the Sabbath, a lot of healing. He had cast out demons. 
Uh, this is going on a lot in Mark 1 and 2 in the beginning of Mark 3. I mean, it's just one after another. Uh, it records that the Herodians and the scribes were just beside themselves over the matter, and they kept going on and on that he was doing this on the Sabbath. So maybe they were going to kick him out of the temple, and maybe they kicked the family out of the temple. I mean, whatever this reason was, they said he was out of his mind, and they came to seize him. Um, I, I want to just look at Hebrews 10.23 that says, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. It felt like maybe Mary wavered just a little tiny bit. I'm, I mean, just a little, like okay, I'll just go with these adult sons of mine because we're going to save Jesus. And, um, you know, when David went to kill Goliath, he remembered that God allowed him to kill a bear. He remembered that God allowed him to kill a lion. And so he had built up his faith, and he went in without wavering to kill Goliath. In verse 31 of Mark 3, staying with Mark 3, then his brothers and his mother came, and standing outside, they sent to him, calling him, and the multitude said, look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, well, who is my mother and my brothers? And he looked around the circle. Okay, so they can't eat bread. He's right here. He's with the disciples. They're all right here real close. And then the multitude's pressing in. Some are trying to touch him. They can't even uh, just get some bread. And um, he says, here is my mother and my brothers. And he's looking around. He says, for whoever does the will of God is my brother, my sister, and my mother. He is communicating it's more important for Mary to do the will of God than to be my mom. Our eternal relationships will always surpass our earthly ones as God's interests are always above the natural blood-borne ties, and Mary is learning. I'd like to think from the Magnificat, if she looked around and saw the people that he healed, the people that were around him, she might have thought, he has exalted the lowly. Part 6, this is Mary's sword. John 19 says that, when Jesus was delivered to be crucified, so they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went out to a place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the center. And yes, Mary, a sword will pierce your own soul. So Mary is in the front. Mary's sister's right next to her. Mary Cleopas, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. In Matthew, it records that the women, uh, the other women that ministered to Jesus were a little bit more back. Okay, so these, these are more in the front. And it says, uh, when Jesus therefore saw his mother, now that intrigues me, he had um, been tortured and beaten within an inch of his life, and he is on a cross. Isaiah says he was not even recognizable, yet he can see his mom and the disciple whom he loved standing by. And then he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Uh, it, it appears that maybe John might have been the only disciple there as far as the disciples go. Um, they both knew who they were talking about. And then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. And did Mary think, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. So Jesus is now setting up Yes, you were mom over here of these four brothers of mine and my sisters, but now we're putting you in a redemptive relationship. And whereas before he had said, who is my mother and my brother? Well, she's over here now. So I, I keep thinking of Ephesians 3 where Mar uh, Paul says, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And so Mary is in the family. And I would like, let's see here, let me finish. Jesus, knowing that all things, this is in verse 28 of John 19, Jesus, knowing all things were now accomplished, that the scriptures may be fulfilled, said, I thirst. 
Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on hyssop, put it to his mouth. And so when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. And I'd like to think that Mary would think from the Magnificat, he has shown his strength. Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, bearing the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Part 7, Mary would not get to say goodbye. In Acts 1, we have an account from Luke who always gives a very accurate account. In verse 3, it says, Jesus also presented himself alive, so we know that he came alive from the dead. It says, Jesus presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you now at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing into heaven? This same Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went to the upper room. James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. And here's the last, very last mention of Mary the mother of Jesus. They all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So this is interesting to me because um, I'm picturing these 11 disciples. They come into the supper room, and they're all praying and waiting. Uh, where's Jesus? And um, Peter, not wanting to say anything out of place, says, mm. he said to wait. Oh, no, no, no. He didn't say to wait. He said to go make disciples. Um, yeah, but we're supposed to wait. You know, we're supposed to wait for the promise. Oh, okay. Where is Jesus? John looks at Peter. Peter looks at John. They look at Bartholomew. He's going. Finally, Andrew says, uh, just kind of started to raise up. And they're like, wait, 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 what? And wh Like, what do you mean? Well, uh, he went into a cloud and we couldn't see him anymore. We, and we were, we were staring. And then Peter butts in and he says, yeah, and there were these two guys with white apparel on. We, we think they were angels. And Mary says, did one say his name was Gabriel? No, no, no. We're supposed to wait. Okay, let's get praying. All right, so they're going to pray. So the Bible records that they prayed. We don't know how long they prayed. Maybe they prayed all night. But at some point, I'd like to think that Mary had some downtime, and she's just thinking about the thing and meditating. And um, she'd been praying and praying with the disciples, and uh, she probably thought, you know, 
I had him in my stomach for nine months, and then I got to be 33 years with him. And for some reason, he seems more present than before. And you know, if for me as a mom, I yes, I did. I saved my kids' lock of hair. I saved their first tooth. I saved um, one outfit each from each of them. And I, I just think that if Mary were to save one thing, she would have had that parchment of paper that had the Magnificat on it. And if she did go back and look at it again, it would say, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And maybe Mary just said, Oh, God, I'm so glad I said yes to you. For with you, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Amen. Heavenly Father, I just thank you and I praise you. I glorify you. Thank you for the story of Mary. Let our small groups be a treasure and a blessing in your name, Jesus. Amen. I don't know how to ever do takeaways like Val does, so I'm just going to be Kimberly and not Val. Um, but that was fantastic. And um, some of the takeaways... I just wrote down at the very end in a summary was she said yes. It caused her to rejoice. Um, God's will was number one. Her, the re, her redemption um, was at the cross and everything was fulfilled. And I thought that picture of what Val just said of um, Jesus seeming probably more real to her than when he, she carried him in her womb because she really was one with Jesus because she was saved. And that just makes me want to go in my room and cry for a minute. That's so beautiful, and I'm super grateful. And it made me think as we have a month off um, of WOW, which is a little bit bittersweet to me, mostly bitter, um, I just thought maybe this word uh, rejoice and the saying yes, the submission, the humility, and the courage could be something that we could be mindful of over the month. Maybe take some time to just journal on really what it is to rejoice in the Lord. So I felt your exhortation and I'm grateful for it. Um, I just wanted to really quick also tell you why we're taking a month off. Um, not because we have, like, we're going on a European vacation or anything <laughs> like that, but it takes a little bit of time to prepare. And so we have this month off because, um, I don't know if you know, but we um, prepare the homework and it goes through like a team of people and that takes a little bit of time. And we do want to make sure that we get it right and that we've really prayed and sought the Lord. So that takes a little bit of time. So we need to work on round two. It's in the works right now. Um, we also need to plan our spring gathering, which is the very first thing that we um, come back to. So that takes a little bit of time. We're really excited. We'll share more 
with you as we um, approach April 1st, which we will not call April Fool's Day. We'll call it, I don't know, we'll think of something clever um, for that. And um, then we also need to work on our summer schedule because we're going to have a summer schedule and a retreat. So with that, you can pray for us. So as you go, um, rejoice all the way to your groups.